Well, hello, Facebook. Hi, Facebook. <laughs> yes. We on early today, baby, because we got a lot to talk about. <clears throat> the book is a lot. We got some other stuff to discuss with you guys. So first of all, how is everyone doing? You know how we doing you on gotta, this? Tell me how you doing. How I'm, oh, thank you, Patrice, honey. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I have been traveling a lot. I'm not like the best traveler, you know. You know, I've been trying to jet set it and stuff. And so I actually wasn't feeling the greatest. But this week has been amazing. And I'm just feeling like myself. I feel good. I feel revived. I feel rested. I've been back home now for about two weeks. So I feel like, you know, I'm getting back in my routine. I'm getting acclimated and all that good stuff. And let me hear record before I forget. But you know what I think that we should have did? I think we hustling backwards because both um, you and I have done a lot of traveling this summer, right? Mm -hmm. And we got some good friends over at Book to Travel. And they give out points, pointers and tips every single day on ways to make your travel easier. Shout out book just, the travel, honey. Shout and out. Just less, and, and less stressful. And how about I didn't look at none of the stuff. So now that I'm done traveling for the year, at least I think, now I'm looking at all of these tips about packing lighter and what to do <laughs> as far as being less stressed at the airport. And I'm just like, you know what? If you travel, you need to be in that group. You need to be in book to travel because they give you some tips and they'll help you. And then you can inbox them and they'll give you some information too. They real good like that. Mm -hmm. They have a um, travel agency. So definitely check them out. They've got some good stuff coming up next year. Um, so definitely check them out. But speaking of that, today is a black book club day, y'all. <laughs> so we are celebrating all of the black book clubs it's so many amazing black book clubs out there if you're in the group right now you listening to us shout your book club out <clears throat> i want to thank sister girls book club i don't i, I want to make sure i'm saying it right because they are the ones who came up with this day they um created black author day i think they created it they, I would say they did it last year because I in my mem my Facebook memories today I posted something and it was from them. So they've been doing it for a few years now, but I think it's really dope. And so I'm celebrating. It really is. Other book clubs. I'm celebrating us. Yes, 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 yes. So shout out your book clubs. Um, I know I follow um, hopeful heartbreakers. Bourbon Street Bookers, those are popular. The Sip Them Read Sisters. Um, who else do I follow? I and follow then I'm like kind of engaged with. Oh, Black Girls Read too. Yes, honey, I love that book club. Anywho, yeah. so yes, yeah, shout out your book clubs. Make sure y'all shout them out. Yeah, but is it in between the sheets or something? Is it in between? Yes, Lisa, yes. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Yes, in, uh, between the sheets with Lisa. Yes, that one is spicy, y'all. <laughs> I'm going that one if you're ready for the spice, because she gets spicy over there. <laughs> and I'm, I'm here for um, it. 
Yeah, so definitely shout out your book clubs that you absolutely love. Um, shout them out online so that they can continue to grow and other people can hear about them. Um, if you go to any of our pages, I posted some things where you can shout them out and all of that good stuff. But last thing we want to talk about before we get started is the fact that this book club, the Black Girl <laughs> Book Club podcast, has reached over a thousand members in our Facebook group. And we are so excited about it. <laughs> oh my God, Patrice, do you remember when it was just me, you, my mama, and my brother? And probably your mama. And my and mama too. My mama, it was my mama and my brother, your mama, your brother. And LaCory was the only people in the group participating, engaging in the group. And now we have close to 1,400 members in the group. And it has been phenomenal. We have increased uh, by about 600 members just this summer alone. Just this summer. Um, so I want to thank everybody who does share our podcast with the world. Um who shares us with everyone else. We appreciate you guys so, so much, like for real. Like I love it and I kinda am feeling a little bit apprehensive <laughs> about it. Um, I like the smallness, the closeness, us being able to know each other and know each, other each other's names. And I know as we grow, that may change. Hey, um, Instagram. Um, but we're excited to grow and excited to see where, um, everything goes. Patrice, where it takes us. Yes, 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 yes. We're excited. So thank you guys for sharing us. Oh, okay. So we are doing a giveaway, <laughs> um, of our Black Girl Book Club podcast tumblers. Y'all know she is famous, honey. She's famous. <laughs> the Black Girl Book Club podcast tumbler is famous. So you want one of these. So in honor of us reaching over a thousand members, I wanted to, um, in our group, I wanted to give away some tumblers. Um, if you could comment, um, if you're new, you know, like introduce yourself and tell us how you heard about the podcast and what you like about it so far. And then if you are a member, if you a vet, you've been in a Black Girl Book Club podcast, welcome them and tell us what you love about being in the Black Girl Book Club podcast. And we are going to put all of the people who participate, who comment in the um, comments, um, in a drawing and we are going to give away two tumblers so if you're new to the um group introduce yourself let us know how you found us and let us know what you like about us so far and if you are a vet if you're an older member welcome all the new members and um let us know what you like about the podcast and you'll go into a drawing and we'll do the drawing this week i ain't gonna promise y'all tomorrow because i've been i've been and forgot hey, so you're you're gonna have to announce these rules um later too as the numbers go up uh -huh. more people joining us not here and everything but so that everybody can be included okay so now we didn't got that out the way we can get into this <laughs> Perfect peach. I see I got my yellow on, baby, because I had to represent for perfect today, baby. She need all the support she can get, honey. So you know what? And speaking of representing, my son asked me about the shirt I have on. I have on my Whitney Houston shirt. And uh -huh. he was like, do that have something to do with your podcast tonight? I said, you know what? The very first time my book club, my local book club discussed this, uh, we discussed it the day that Whitney Houston passed away. 
And oh, I was like, and I, and I think that's, I was like, maybe I was channeling that, but we, we, no, it was the week that she passed away because I remember before we started discussing a book, we talked about Whitney Houston, but yeah, so that's, I think that's been like 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time that I read this book and then I read it again and now I'm listening to it to be well-versed for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But each time that I have read this book, I've been a different age and I've had a little bit more life on me and I see it different every time. Baby, you can't see this no way, but wow, with your eyes wide open and your mouth wide open. Like what the hell is going on? (laughs) The first time I read it, I hated Emma Jean, but now I don't, I don't condone it, but I see some, so anyway. Okay, right. Let's get into it. Okay. So let's get into this book. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to start doing this too, y'all. This is new for me saying this, but I'm going to let y'all know. We are a spoiler group. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't know if there's any other spoiler groups out there, but we are a spoiler group. If you are listening to this podcast, you are going to get spoilers. You're ripping the clothes off. You're going to see everything. You're going to see and hear everything. We talk about the book in its entirety. So if you haven't read the book and you're one of those people who got to read it, you don't want to hear about it before you read it, come back and listen to us at a later date. If you don't mind it or if you already read the book and all that good stuff, then stay, stick around. But I just want to let y'all know this is a spoiler group. We talk about the book, the whole book. We mentioned the names. We talking about what these people was doing. We say the whole book, nothing but the book and all the book. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So just so y'all know, we are a spoiler group. Okay. So with that being said, so we're going to talk about, um, hold on now. I'm Shaquana. And I am Patrice. And we are your hosts of the Black Girl Book Club podcast. The Black Girl Book Club podcast. The Black Girl Book Club podcast. Hey. hey. And it would not be right if we didn't get that perfect. If we don't get it perfect, no weeks. But yeah. Okay. So we're discussing <laughs> Perfect Peace by Daniel Black. And shout out to LaCory. We miss you, girl. So we're talking about Perfect Peace by Daniel Black. If you've never read this book, please go read it. It is very, it's not our typical book. Y'all know we usually like to talk about the shoot them up the bank bang, but this it's, ain't it's a must read. It's it's a life-changing type of book. Um, Hey, all the new people coming on. So the book starts off with Mr. Gus. He is the husband and the father of Perfect. He's the husband of Emma Jean and the father of Perfect. And the book starts off talking about his crying. I want to introduce the characters to you because it's a lot. Just really quickly, I want to go through who the people are. Okay, go ahead. So in this book, okay, Gus, he's the patriarch. He is the father and the leader of of the Peace family. It's Perfect Peace because their last name is Peace. Mm -hmm. He has a wife. And they have seven children. Mm-hmm. And when the is book starts, they have six. It is when it starts, when it first starts, perfect is coming. So they have six and they're getting ready to have seven. So okay, just, so just talk just, about the six right now. So just to introduce you to the family, they the mom is Emma Jean. She, she is the mother and she's a feisty woman. And then I'm going to introduce you to their children. They have six children at the time. They've got Mr. He's the youngest brother. Um, 
they call him Mr. Because his dad said that when that somebody was eventually going to call him Mr. Anyway. So they named him Mr. Gus wasn't um, the smartest man, but I believe that he had wisdom. Love the other, um, the oldest, bro no, the next to the oldest brother is Authorly, but they call him the oldest brother because he looks like the oldest and he acts like the oldest. His dad saw a flyer one day and it had the author was this person. And so he thought that that was the name. And so he was like, Author Lee is what he named him. The next brother is James Earl. James Earl is really the oldest son. He's, he's slow and he's probably Author Lee's best friend, but, he, but, he, but he's a little bit slow and he don't speak at all. Mm -hmm. they, 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 he was special when he was born. The third brother um, is Woody. He was, he was born long and thin and they say he laughed hysterically all the time and he was like a comedian and he eventually got paid for that. The next brother is King Solomon. I love King Solomon. He was born on May 20th, which is my birthday. Hey. But King Solomon, he was the darkest child and he sang like a bird. They, when he sang, it literally brought tears to your eyes and he was very smart. Um, and then the uh the other baby was Bartimaeus I think Bartimaeus might have been my favorite one of my I my like Bartimaeus yeah but they, called him, they called him blind Bartimaeus because well he was born blind and and he cried like his daddy and okay. as we get into the story you'll know that and then um perfect will come we'll introduce perfect but then a few people to the side you got Gracie and Pearlie those are Emma Jean's sisters that she grew up with you got May Helen that's Emma Jean's mom. You got Henrietta. She delivers the babies. You got Eva May. She's the best friend of Perfect. And you got Sugar Baby. And we'll talk about Sugar Baby as we go. Why ain't talk about Emma Jean? Well, I didn't go into Emma Jean. Okay, so let's You're going to learn about Emma Jean right. from the beginning. Okay, all right. So those are all of the players in the book, okay? <laughs> it's a lot going on in here. We may get done tonight but more than likely we're going to have to push this into next week so that's probably going to be a part two to perfect peace because we're not going to rush it we're going to slow walk it and get through it right so we may not be able to get through all of it in the first hour so i want so when was this um happening what what time was this i, know I believe it was like was born in 1940 1934 i feel like it, i feel like it was based around the 1930s yeah. Okay. Okay. So just think about that while we going through this, it was 1930s, right? So the book starts off talking about the father Gus and how he used to go to the river to cry. Okay. And like, not just like a little cry, but like bawling cry, like a soul cleansing cry. But Back then, his father didn't think that that was normal for men to do. Men didn't cry. Like, you know, is it cry. normal for a man to do this, not do that now? I think we coming around. Well, okay. So, so, so when we say that he cried, this man, he, he, he cried once a year when the rains, because they live down south. And so they would get the rains that would come in in the spring. Gus waited for the rains to come in so that he, and when the rains come came, I felt like he felt like that kind of hit it. So it was raining, it cleansed him, it cleansed his soul. And he would go down to the river and he would cry and he would wail for, for sometimes like a couple days and he would just cry. And it was so profound that the whole town heard Gus crying 
mm-hmm. and he and he would cry and for them it was signal that it was time like at first it was like you know what's wrong with him but the town people grew used to it and they accepted him for it and, they, he and it was to a get signal. in trouble for it, didn't he I don't think so. It, his it's, dad no, didn't like that. No, his dad didn't like it, but his family dealt with it and they understand it. And it signaled, um, it, it began to be a signal for the town that the that the fruit and the vegetables was getting ready to come in. Mm. But that was that was Gus and he was the So let's talk family. about Gus a little bit since the book started off with him. I felt like the reason that Gus cried as much as he did was because he was miserable. I think he was born that way. I don't know if it was a mental health disorder. I don't know if he just didn't like the life that he had. And what I thought about was like being born at that time, it wasn't a lot to look forward to. Like as far as like happy stuff, you know, you knew that you were going to be, um, and it's still relevant today but you knew that you were going to be treated badly. You knew you were going to have a shit job. Um, you knew your family was going to be poor. If These were all things that you just knew coming into the world, like just off the bat. And I think that caused him to be sad. But I think he, well, he was like that when he was young, but you know, I guess that there is some something to that. I think he was born with like, he was an emotional person. And as a man, you're taught that you can't cry because what woman want to sit around looking at a crying ass man all day? But it's a but, difference between being, I'm an emotional person. Like, I, am I, too. I, I felt good because I be crying all the time too. It's a one thing to be emotional, but to me, he seemed like he was sad. He wasn't crying he, because he was emotional. He was what, crying because he was like, I'm trapped. I felt like younger, he was emotional. And I felt like he was taught like a man can't pour out his thoughts. And so, I mean, like, so he would do that thing. But as he got, when he got married, mm-hmm. I felt like his life was daunting because his he, he married a strong-willed woman. Amateur. <laughs> He, re- he married a strong-willed woman and she wasn't necessarily the prettiest and the small and the things that men generally took pleasure in he didn't necessarily um enjoy it the way that some men did and you know what what you saying that since we talking about Gus the daddy someone mentioned in our chat if you don't be in the chat when we set up them um chats on the side you got to get in there because you can really get in there and really talk about some things but someone thought that um Gus may have been gay I didn't you know what and I looked for that as I started my reread or listen and I didn't and I looked for that and I didn't feel like Gus was gay I didn't feel like I felt like bottom line Gus was unhappy I felt like I he was feel like personally he was born that he was born a happy and he was socially inept. Yeah, he adapted that at a very young age, that sadness. And that's why he would go to that river and cry. And he was just destitute at that, you know, or whatever. But anywho, and Gus wasn't fine. Gus, Gus was wasn't ugly. fine, but you know, the Not funny thing about Gus, ugly. <laughs> Gus didn't know how to enjoy, like when he had rela- sexual relations with his wife, one, I mean, like his wife was saying that he was so simple that one time, like she called out his name in, ex, you know, ecstasy. And he was like, what, what? 
Like he stopped and said, what? He said, I guess women even worry you and call you even, even during sex. He didn't realize that she was enjoying it. He thought that she was just like, right? I'm like, poor Gus. This book was so funny, y'all. For it to be, it was such a sad the book has so much meaning that's why I said in the beginning like you have to read it if you haven't read it even if it's not your type of book it has so many like just little gems and stuff that was said and oh my gosh so anyway that was the daddy that's how the book start off right so then we come to today in this time today's time and Emma Jean is um pregnant with child so a little background on her pregnancy. They had these six boys that they couldn't take care of. They was poor and hungry, okay? They lived in a two-bedroom house. Gus said, thank you, Glinda. Gus said that he didn't want no more kids. He didn't have no more money, no more food outside to feed another mouth. But Emma Jean really wanted a daughter because they had six sons. And... I can't say I re can relate because that didn't happen to me, but I know people who have like one sex of a child and they want the opposite sex. And she really wanted a daughter because she had six sons. And, and, and Gus, he was cool with having a daughter, but he was like, look, six kids is enough. We live in a two bedroom cold water flat and we can't no take money. care of the ones. Two bedrooms with six kids, two adults. So they got eight people. They got eight people in this house and Emma Jean comes up pregnant again and Gus is pissed. Wait, but he said he didn't want to touch her no more, right? Because he didn't want her to have no more kids and he touched her again and she got pregnant. And she told so him she couldn't have no more and she couldn't have never, kids. He felt touching her again. Right, Emma Jean was something else from the beginning because she didn't lie and told the man that she was going through menopause. She was going through the changes. She can't have no more kids so now they can get down and dirty. And baby, she tricked them. <laughs> and got pregnant. So she pregnant. So the, the her part, she we're introduced to Imogene and Perfect. She's giving birth to this baby. And she is just praying and hoping that it's a girl. She like, I noticed my girl. I noticed my girl. I noticed my girl. Henrietta is the midwife of the town. She's delivered all the babies in the town. Okay. She's delivering all the kids. So he, her and Henrietta is in the room. Y'all know the men couldn't be in the room back in the day. They in the room, they talking about Henrietta is, you know, giving her some encouragement. It's probably going to be a girl, yada, yada, yada. She said, I, I can feel the head. Way. It's a head full of hair. This might be your girl. I can feel it. The head right. is in my hands. Right. She said, we need one more good push. And how this little baby girl you about to have. And she pushed the baby out and it is a motherfucking boy. boy. I know that's what Imogene was saying because Imogene was something else. She was pissed she no she i ain't gonna say she was pissed she was she was hurt she was she hurt was heartbroken that it was another little boy and at first she was devastated and she got sad and listen take this with a grain of salt don't this is a very serious matter but i'm gonna say she took lemons and she made lemonade <laughs> You know what? No, the hell she didn't. She took lemons and she made a fucking disaster is what she did. So she got it ruined my life for a day because I've been sick since I was listening to it. Imogene decides that fuck that. This ain't no little boy. So Henrietta gets ready to walk out the room. She said, I'm gonna go let them know that it's a boy. And she said, hold on. Yo ass back. 
she said, Emma Jean, the way her mind works, she said, no, I got my little girl. Said, I and got me a little say, girl. She said, what, what you talking? What you right. talking? I love the way they talk, y'all. What, what you talking? What, what's that? What's that no little girl? Is she talking, Emma Jean? What you right. This ain't no little boy. I mean, this ain't no little girl. This ain't no little girl. Like, yes, it is. She said, so, yes, it is. Emma Jean then made up in her mind right then and there. She had lost it, basically. Made up in her mind that she is going to make this little boy that she just gave birth to a little a girl. girl. From the beginning, this is the beginning of the book, y'all. I'm like, oh, hell no. Hey, y'all. I'm like, oh, hell no. So, okay, so we got the introduction to Gus. So, what y'all thinking with Imogene? I know a lot of people was upset with Imogene. I know y'all was mad at her and, you know, hated her. A lot of people was like, she was the devil, right? I felt like Imogene was mentally ill. Like, we don't give that enough credit. Like, I know people play around with it. People like to say it a lot. But considering her childhood, which we haven't gotten there yet, she had some screws loose. She was fucking selfish. You think, no, so you don't that think- was, Okay, mental illness, yeah, but she was selfish. She's got, she was a smart woman. Emma Jean was not stupid by any means, but she wanted what she wanted and she made it that way. Selfish is me eating the last piece of chicken, okay? And I already selfish had- Selfish is taking that little boy's life from him. not turning your back. That's some fucked up shit now it is but it's selfish too you can't be in your right mind doing that so i'm not saying it was okay i'm not necessarily giving her a pass but i wasn't surprised after i read the part about what she had went through as a child in the whole cast iron skillet i was like okay i get it (laughs) that cast iron skillet knocked some stuff loose i don't you know what she was crazy but she wasn't crazy she was just like i beat your ass crazy like you know that bitch crazy you know like that like emma jean knew what the heck she was doing she knew that gus she knows her husband if don't nobody know gus she know gus she knew gus wasn't gonna ever fuck her again he never did he never so she did. knew she wasn't gonna get no girl after that gus was like i'm not having sex with nobody else ever for the rest of my life because i don't want another kid <laughs> That's how, and she knew Gus was. She was like, this is my only chance. To have a little girl. To have a little girl. And I'm taking it. Her and Henrietta is in this room having having a moment. Because Henrietta is like, oh, to the hell no. And Emma Jean is like, oh, to the hell yeah. Oh, to the hell yes. Okay. So Emma Jean told her, if you go out there and tell them that this is a little boy, I'm going to tell everybody how you stole your sister's baby. Oh, she said, I'm going to bust you and your personal business all the way out. Because to backtrack a little bit, Henrietta is a midwife. Henrietta was pregnant. Her sister was pregnant. Henrietta had a stillbirth. And she was so heartbroken. She laid up in the bed with a dead baby for like two or three days, right? And her sister was pregnant at the same time, gave birth to a baby that was by a pastor. Her sister died on... Her, her sister died during childbirth and she was like you know what this minister that she having this baby by don't deserve this baby 
he don't deserve this baby. So he she switched the babies. Baby. So she said that her dead baby was her sister's. So her sister and her baby died. She took her sister's baby. How Emma Jean knew, we don't know yet. But Emma Jean knew about it. And she told her, if you if you tell go out there and tell them that this, you what you're gonna do is go out there and tell them that I had a boy. I mean, that I had a girl. And she was like, or else I'm going to air your dirty laundry. That woman, Henrietta, visibly aged right there in that room. Right. Could you imagine it? In that room, she visibly aged. It's like she had almost had a stroke. But, okay, we had a lot of people in the chat that was team Henrietta, because, you know, Henrietta got her back at the end. That was team Henrietta and anti-Emma Jean. But my question is, they did the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. She changed the course of that little girl's life. 100%. 100%. Now, what she did, no, but but switching somebody from a boy to a girl. It was wrong, but this is what I'm saying. See, we have selective wrong and right. Wrong is wrong and right is right. So if you mad at Emma Jean and you throwing stones at her, you got to be mad at Henrietta too. It wasn't right. Regardless of why she did it, she stole that man's baby. She did. But it didn't, it, it didn't mess with, she messed with the psyche of this kid. Because you as don't we think move that forward, if, what's her daughter's name? I didn't even get that far yet. Okay, the daughter. Um, whatever her daughter's name was, you don't think if she ever finds out that her mother died and her father never knew she was alive, it ain't gonna do nothing to her psyche? No, I think it I think it will mess with her. But to say to she raised a boy with a dick and told him that you are a girl. And so when people were saying that you not, when his brother was like, Why you got that lump in your pants? She was like, All oh, little girls got that is some crazy shit. That's this what I just said. Thought- First of all, that's what I just said, Patrice. But you, if you're gonna be mad, you gotta be mad at both of them. Mad at both of them. But one of them and talk down Emma Jane. You got to they in the same boat. Henry, I don't feel like it's the same boat, but they both wrong. Right. Okay. So <laughs> y'all let us know. But they, I mean, because that little boy. I mean, what, when I'm sitting up here listening to this girl, like her brother say, wait a minute, you got, she said all little, all little girls got one. Like she think. Okay. So that's the pretty much the basis of the book. That's the foundation of the book. So you have this father who is tired. He's tired of having all these kids. He's tired of crying. He's tired of working. He, he is just tired. And to me, he just seems so miserable. Then you have this mother who have lost her mind and decided that she was going to make this child that she just had born a boy into a girl. So what the book goes through is their family and how they deal with this. So now you got this little baby that she is saying is a girl. And how is she going to pull this off? And she does a very good job of it. And you know what? And I Mind think the reason that she's sneaking. The reason she's able to do it, I believe, is because Gus is kind of slow. Gus is kind of slow. So she so and and what Gus says, he's the man of the house. And I love how his sons respected him. And they're and, and authorly respected his daddy. And he wanted his dad to stand up and be a man. And so 
it, it was it was based on I think Gus being as slow as he was. And so when she came out that room, Henrietta, she said, You got y'all got a, a, a baby girl. Oh no. In the room, they said, like, What you gonna name her? And she said, I'm gonna name her perfect. And I loved it. Well, and not, she, not and, she, and, and she said, You gonna you gonna name her what you can't name no baby perfect. Like ain't nobody perfect. But God, like you can't name no baby perfect. She said she perfect and I'm going to name her perfect. Right. So she, so Henrietta is literally aging before our eyes because she cannot believe what is, what is going on. This woman and, went home and burned out. She been delivering babies uh, for probably as long as she can remember. She went home, she burned her medicine bag and said she was not delivering another baby. Another baby. And they said as she got home, she like, it was like, it was almost like she had a stroke on her way home. So mm -hmm. when she gets, when, so she tells him that it's a, it's a baby girl. She said, you can go and see the little boy. I mean, girl. And she told him that, and they said, give her a minute. Cause she resting and then you can go in. And so Gus went in to see the baby and Emma Jean was so thorough. She made them feel like it would be a sin to ever change her, her naked, ever, to ever her. be perfect naked. So one thing that really tripped me out that I didn't pay attention to before is the fact that the book referred to perfect as a girl, the whole first half. So her, 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 her. So she made sure that they did not see her naked. <clears throat> she made sure that um they couldn't change her diaper. They was like, she is a little girl. She is delicate because they used to having brothers. They used to being rough with their brothers and all sleeping in the same room and sharing clothes and all this stuff. She was like, she a girl, she's different. Yeah, I can't ever see her, you know, disrobed or y'all can't share a room with her. She can't play with y'all. Oh my God, that just sounds so horrible. Just all of that stuff. So no one will ever catch on to what she's doing. So I was talking to my husband about it and um, I was asking him, Actually, I just lost my train of thought just that fast. Oh, do you think that she intended to tell at some point? Like from the beginning when Perfect was born, like in her mind, was she like, I'm just going to do this for a little while because she had to have known eventually she, or did she think she would be able to keep this up forever? I think in her mind, she didn't want to visit the future, what that would look like. She just was riding this thing out. Now, when it happened, it was just like, she just came clean, but no, I think in the beginning, she wasn't even visiting the future. She wasn't even looking at, like, she didn't have a plan in her head, like how I'm going to do this transition. Mm -hmm. I don't think she had a plan, but eventually she was just, it was like, almost like, okay, my baby dial gone. Right. So she's raising perfect. Now she, she's treating her. Okay. Wait, we skipped this. We ain't going to skip over this. So She's raising um perfect as a girl. So then we flash back to her childhood. And this is where I was like, I'm gonna give Emma Jean a little bit of grace. Okay, so Emma Jean's childhood consistent of her mother constantly beating her, belittling her, telling her she was stupid. And on this one, on her birthday, her eighth birthday, she got up, she was so excited. 
she was full of joy and she wanted to have a cake and she woke up saying it's my birthday it's my birthday it's my birthday and so she thinking she in there she in her room like one time for the birthday bitch one time for the birthday (laughs) (laughs) she went in the living room like fuck it up if it's your birthday bitch before she can get out her mouth (laughs) she was like you ain't special she her mother took this girl was eight you know what that's profound it is is when perfect yeah so she's eight years old and so she goes out and her mother tell her to shut up all that noise about your birthday you not special everybody got a birthday you ain't you ain't special you ain't special and so she's in the kitchen and she tells her mother, she was like, well, maybe today we can do something special. Maybe we could do something special, like a little party, nothing big, mama. And she said, bitch, bitch, you ain't special. She, who you think you is? She took a cast iron skillet. Now, let, let, let me reiterate now. The cast iron skillets that we buy in now at Target ain't like the cast iron skillets that they had back then. Okay, Patrice. Y'all know them cast, because my grandmother had cast iron skillets, and they different from the Ooh. ones that, them mugs is is big and they heavy. Her mother, May Helen, took that cast iron skillet and hit her in the head and dang near knocked her out. She ate. And then she said, get your ass up and sweep this kitchen and fix this breakfast for your sisters. Because they baby. hungry is disoriented like she can't see she can't and she got and she and it's so bad her head is bleeding she got it so she ends up for the rest of her life with a scar on her from from the roundness of the skillet she ends up with that on her face she tells people later in life it's a birthmark they know it ain't no birthmark right and so she and then so so she can't hardly get up so she grabs the broom to sweep the kitchen and she using the broom to stand up but she dizzy Cause she back then you didn't know no such thing as no concussion. She got a concussion, and she ate and she bleeding, so she can't see. And her mother's and her mother look at her, and her mother know what she did is wrong, and so she tell her go out there to the chicken coop and get some eggs. I feel like that was her giving her a little bit of still not that I give her any like forgiveness, but she went out to the chicken coop and passed out for a couple now, hours. The reason that her mama wait a minute we halfway through. Okay, y'all, we about to get some organization around her, okay? So we are talking about Perfect Peace by Daniel Black tonight. For anyone who is just tuning in for the first time, the Black Girl Book Club podcast discusses the entire book. So there will be spoilers. We are the going to- The whole thing is a spoiler. The whole podcast is a spoiler. It's <laughs> a spoiler, spoiler podcast. So if you haven't read the book and you get a little finicky about that, you might not want to listen. Come back later. You can watch it anytime. But if you don't mind it or you already read it, stick with us. It's fun. Anyway, so. Why did that to calm me down? Because I'm pissed. I'm ready to fight me, Helen. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, this look, and that wasn't the end of it. This was when she was eight. But she went through this her entire life, her mama. And the reason that her mama didn't, mess with her was because she looked just like her mama she looked just like her mom that, so that color like stuff. she was ugly 
Then she had the sisters who was lighter and who she felt like were was prettier. So she treated them like princesses and she loved, they could sleep in on Saturday nights. Imogene had, I mean, Saturday morning, she had to get up and clean up. Clean and up and cook them breakfast. She had so to get this up is her childhood. This is how she grow up. You can't tell me this lady wasn't off by the time she got to this. Um, this and uh, the thing is, what was sad is that Emma Jean loved her mother and almost for the rest of, like she until her mother left this earth, almost she wanted to win. She was trying to figure out how I could win my mother's love, how I could I make her. I know about that, Patrice, because she cursed that mama out on that porch. <laughs> no, 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 she did then. But when we, if you get through it, I got, we got to go back. But when you get through it, like she still, because she could have left it one with her daddy, but she still was trying to win oh, you her mean mother's she love. Oh, you mean younger, when she was yeah, younger. she was still trying okay. to win her mother's love. So, so that. They do this flashback back to show you part of Emma Jean's life, but then they go back to where Perfect is born. I want to, before we skip ahead, I want to talk about when they introduce Perfect to the world. Okay. Because they went to church. <laughs> this is very Jean, important. Let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all, I like Emma Jean. I liked her all the way up to a certain point. Emma Jean didn't take no shit. Emma Jean walked around with her hair high, like, fuck what y'all talking about, me and my family, the shit. You say something to her, she cussing your ass out. Who you talking to? <laughs> Mind your business. And, and that's when, I, when I read it this time, I wasn't being shallow. And I saw that Emma Jean loved her kids. She, she just really wanted a girl. She did love them. And she didn't mind Gus and she loved him too. So she loved her family, was proud of her family, but they got up after Perfect was born. They going to go to church and introduce them. Emma Jean took their best tablecloth and fashioned a dress for Perfect out of this tablecloth, right? And then she greased her hair up. I get the feeling that they use real grease. Like, and she had that girl, she had that hair greased up and she put bowls all in that baby hair. And then she went out and picked flowers out the garden and took a cheap hat and she made her a hat with flowers in it. And when she it was walked in the church, <laughs> it was people at the church. They was like, oh, I knew this bitch was crazy. Literally at church, they were like, cool, that MG, that bitch crazy. She walked in there strutting like she was a runway model. And then look, and they said, they described the, the, they was like the flowers was coming down into her face and she it was pissing her off because she couldn't see the people. Cause she, in her mind, she thinking everybody looking at her like, isn't she love? Okay, so Jennifer just said, did she love them? She didn't want Saul to go to school. Back that, that, then, that pushes ahead, but I think back then you only knew what you knew. And what they knew was her and Gus was that they kids needed to know how to work to survive. To survive. That the was men. for his survival. She didn't know nothing about going to school and getting an education and getting a job and all that. No, you got to work. If you a man, you got to work. You got to use your hands if you're going to make it out here in this world. So I think she felt like it was for his own good. Now, okay, so that's jumping way ahead. I got an opinion about that, but I don't want to give it. Yet. Okay. So, okay, here we go. So we didn't so so she so she at the church, but the profound thing that happens at this church, um, which you know, people they was like, let me see this baby girl. Let me, and some people look at the baby, they say the baby looks so much like Gus. He looked like she looked like she could be a boy. She pretty, but that would piss Imogene off. But the thing that happened at church was sugar baby. 
Sugar Baby is a boy that was in the town. He's a man now. And he, his family, he didn't have any family. His his mom and dad both were dead. And I was getting like a, you know, like a homeless guy. Like a homeless guy. But every town, every place has them, even now to these days. We have a guy here called Shopping Cart. But they, but this guy they they want to say he was crazy but pe- some people in the church thought that he had what could, could see things could um he had the vision he had the gift of prophecy. vision prophecy the gift of prophecy and so the one thing when he saw that baby he said that baby ain't right that baby ain't right Emma Jean was pissed she was like get your ass away from me right but listen check this out that's how we do people we be thinking they be crazy but they be telling us the truth. Sugar baby said that baby ain't right. And, and, and I don't know if anybody heard that, but, but they tended, they knew that sugar baby had the gift of prophecy. And so she wanted to get sugar baby as far away from her baby as possible. Mm -hmm. So they they, they have that. And then they go and then perfect starts to grow up. Mm -hmm. Perfect is growing up and they're showing the boys that it was, it was, the boys didn't mind the favoritism that Emma Jean showed her, except um, for the baby. Mister. Mister didn't like it. He was it. pissed off. He was like, Mister was like, what? So like they would have Christmas. On Christmas morning, they would, they, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. So, so it, it, it on Christmas morning, all the boys would get like overalls and a shirt or whatever. And, and Perfect got a dial, a dial that she ended up naming Olivia. Mm-hmm. But Mr. was pissed because he was just like, why, you know, why we can't get no toys? And he was like, hush up. Gus was like, hush, hush up. Mm-hmm. And so he he wasn't allowed to speak on it, but he always quietly resented. I don't think he resented perfect, but he quietly resented. He didn't like the fact that Emma Jean treated her like she was guilty. But, yeah. but they were conditioned to believe that a woman should be treated this way. Like, like she's a little girl. You got to treat a little girl gentle. She needs special stuff. She needs special ribbons. She, she needs need special own dresses. She needs penny loafers. You know, the, the special shiny shoes. And so Perfect was treated uh, special and all of the boys treated her special too. They always told her she was pretty. They hugged on her and all of that. And so Emma Jean never trusted anybody really um with perfect like to just keep her but Bartimaeus she looked that's what I was gonna get ready to say what are all the times that perfect was almost found out as a child like all the times that people almost found out who she was so one of the people was um what was her name her best friend Eva May Eva May right Eva May was something else baby and Eva May had me out her skirt baby my kids can't go nowhere they can't play with nobody else's kids they can't talk to nobody else's kids I'm like oh hell no so Eva Eva May May was eight years old was she the little girl across the street well yeah you know but they land the way it is but yeah Eva May was eight years old and I can't believe that Emma Jean let Eva May get this close to perfect Right. Y'all was thinking the same thing. So Eva May was the little girl, her, and what was the other little girl name? Now that I never even wrote her name. Caroline, Caroline or something like that. The other little girl. So Emma Jean seen them playing, you know, because she did love her babies and she wanted her daughter to be able to play. She couldn't play and with have her a brother. normal life. 
but she wanted her to be at a place. She was like, go over there and talk to them little girls. I'm like, she just sent them to the hands of Eva May. <laughs> go on over there and play with them little girls over there. So they goes over there and the first thing they want to play is house. <laughs> I'm like, Lord. Eva so, May is the boss of everything. <laughs> she was something else, baby. When they was in that kitchen, cooking and she said these niggas don't appreciate <laughs> i was like oh lord but that's how kids be well, but but so perfect was always the mama eva may was the daddy and i want to say they made carolyn be the kid so mm -hmm. and she the carolyn didn't like it she was like why can't i be the daddy she said because i'm the daddy because i'm i'm the biggest and you you know so perfect was always gonna be the mama so so Eva May, like when they playing house and, and perfect cooking, cooking, perfect say these hungry niggas, they always, you know, so she said that and then Eva, Eva May go by and slap perfect on her butt. And she was like, that's what my daddy do to my mama. She was like, and, and Eva May and her, I mean, perfect in her head, like my daddy don't do that. He said, yeah, he ain't touching on nothing. He don't want to slap nothing, touch nothing. So, Eva <laughs> made it made a bedroom under the house for her, for, for her and perfect. She the daddy, Eva May is the wife. So she gets her under the house. I think Eva May always knew she had a penis. You think the way so Eva May had to because she she touched everything perfect. Had, look, she didn't lift it up perfect shirt. She's licking on her nipples and all this kind of stuff. She's she like, this what my daddy do. She said, this is what my daddy do. And perfect feel like it's wrong, but it feel good. But they ate. Talking about cringing. I was cringing, baby. It was cringing for me. I was like, I wanted to close my eyes and get through that part real bad. But I think it was critical to put in the book as to the type of childhood she had and the experience that, experiences that she had thinking that she was a little girl when really she was a little boy. And Eva um, May was hunching on perfect like crazy. But yeah, Eva May hunching on perfect. So I'm thinking Eva May finna find out that, but I oh, never thought Eva but May I never thought Eva May was gonna tell. I thought Eva May was gonna find out and she was gonna keep the secret because Eva May was something else and she was telling perfect, we gotta keep our secrets. Like basically, whatever go on in our house down here on our house. Court, but our Eva thing. May got territorial, and so and that's something that Emma Jean started noticing is the way that Eva May looked at Perfect like she was hers. Mm. Eva May got territorial. And then she even, remember, she slapped the shit out of Perfect or did she slap Caroline? She, she was like, well, my Perfect daddy be slapping my mama. Perfect was acting like Emma Jean. And <laughs> that wasn't funny. <laughs> she was like, wait a minute, this wasn't a part of the game. She was like, wait a minute, you slapped me kind of hard. Right, so that was one time that Perfect, I felt like she was going to get found out. And then another time, now this whole scene with, what's his name, Bartimaeus? Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. And Perfect, when she went down to the river with him, and he was just like explaining to her, you know, about him not being able to see, but he could hear real well. He just, he said so many things in that part that was just, to me, was super profound. But one of the things that they talked about, it was some animals out in the woods having sex. And oh, yeah. um, Perfect was asking Bartimaeus, who was older, he was blind, but he was older. Um, you know, like, why is he sticking this there? And he was like, oh, because he's the boy. And Perfect is like, no, he's the girl because I'm a girl and I got, and I got that. Oh, my God. I was like, Lord, 
it's too much. That's all. That's one of them times I was like, this is too much. <laughs> this and Bartimaeus, like his, his antennas is up. He like, wait a minute, what? Wait a minute, what? About everybody who was gay in the book. He was like, wait a minute. Can I can I say something about Bartimaeus? Do what? you remember the part when his Gus, Gus so slow that when I tell y'all I was cry, I cried, so I, I I laughed till I cried. Gus brought. I guess that somebody was supposed to die and didn't die. They bought a casket, so the so so the funeral people gave it to Gus. They was like, you can have it. He brought it. He brought this casket home. And he was like, yeah, we could use it for an end table. Emma Jean been crying about an end table. I don't know what kind of coffins they had back then, but baby, how this going to be the coffee table? And so they, so the sons looking at it, they was like, so, so, so what's the authorly look? He said, daddy then finally lost his mind for real. And they, they, they was like, mama. So Emma Jean come out there. She said, nigga, what you didn't do? Right. So she done brought the, he done brought the casket in as a coffee table. Say his name again, Patrice. Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus can't see, right? So he don't care. He started sleeping in the casket because, because room in the house. keep it in mind, they live in a two bedroom house. Perfect got her own room. The parents got their own room. The rest of them sleep in the living room on the floor. And so Bartimaeus was like, you know what? I need some peace. They had started off using the coffee table as storage, but he was still small. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to sleep in there. He blind anyway. He don't know. He said it was the best sleep he ever got in his life. This boy slept in this coffin till he was grown. Baby. Because later on in the book, you find out when he moved, he couldn't even sleep without the coffin. And they say when he would get up in the morning, he would open the coffin and rise up like the dead. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so anyway, true story. So anyway, go back to Bartimaeus. It was another and, time where Perfect was almost found out. Oh, actually, she was. She was found Bartimaeus out. did find it out and was like, "Don't you ever tell anybody. Don't you ever let nobody touch you or see you down there." Okay. And so Emma Jean only let her chill out with Bartimaeus because she felt like it was safe that nothing could come out because he was blind. So she looking at him like he's not that smart. Actually, he's very smart because all of his other senses are there. So they're out walking one day, picking flowers and talking and all that. And I don't know why Perfect did it, but Perfect took his hand and put it on her penis well she was trying to he was saying he couldn't see he would like to see for like a day so yes. she was just trying to let him touch everything and the reason that she put it on and it wasn't on no nasty stuff so crazy is because he had said you know only boys have that not girls so she wanted him to feel what she had down there to kind of explain to him this is what i got down here and i'm a girl or whatever he was like i and mean like that, that scene just kind of just took it was me like out. he was shocked it was like electricity. that person it was like electricity went through him when he felt that and he was just like oh my god he was like perfect and he got scared he was like don't ever tell nobody about this like don't ever do that again he was like people will hurt you and so she's scared because she, that's her brother. She loved him. She was like, what's wrong? Like, what did I do? He was like, nothing. Just don't ever show nobody that. Don't talk about it. Don't tell nobody ever. And that that made me sad when everything Indeed. came out because he took that on himself and he shouldn't have. That he wasn't on have. that baby to bear that. 
baby, this is some dysfunctional stuff. So those was the two times that I was thinking perfect was going to be pound out. So on perfect's eighth birthday, remember when Emma Jean turned eight, she wanted to have a cake and a party. And I guess this just came to my mind. Perfect was like Emma Jean if she had been born perfect. Right. And she was trying to live, I guess, basically. She was trying to get perfect the life that she wished that she would have had. Right. So on her eighth birthday, because remember Emma Jean, that's when she got hit with that cast iron skillet. So on Perfect's eighth birthday, she threw this huge birthday bash for her. They all the kids came and bought Emma Jean, her before the party. Emma Jean went through the town yelling at a birthday party is coming. A birthday party is coming. And so Emma even though no parents <laughs> didn't even mess with Emma Jean because they always thought she was crazy. Their kids was asking like, we want to go to the party. We want to go to the party. And so, and then she didn't took their last little money and she didn't want to bought these yellow ribbons. They didn't cover the whole house. In, in in ribbon and yellow ribbon and all this kind of stuff. And so on the day of the party, she she the boys now normally I mean Emma Jean, she her job is to provide for the family to I mean to cook for them. She tell me like y'all hungry niggas. Can't y'all see we in here working trying to y'all want breakfast together? every morning. Y'all want <laughs> breakfast every morning. They was like yeah we we work the fields all day. She wouldn't feed them because she getting ready for perfect birthday. So they in there trying to make the cake and all of this kind of stuff. So they don't eat. So the boys out there, they were like, we don't care about no cake. We hungry. And Dust was like, just go on outside. Just go on outside. So they making everything up for this party. They got the house decorated in yellow ribbon. And she then made this big old chocolate cake. Wasn't it a chocolate cake? I don't know what kind of make cake it was, but it sounded good. It did sound good. She made this big old cake and all of the kids from the town came. Their parents brung them and all that kind of stuff. And it's beautiful. Um, and, and perfect is happy. And they, Rhonda just said they knew their mother was crazy and mean. She wasn't mean to them, no, to me. She, she was a very loving person. She was stern, though. She was stern. She it was, was stern. I mean, play, but that was just the time back then. Like, I'm going to smack you down and all. They hit you with cast iron skillet. That's just, that was the thing. No, you no, know, no. Jane didn't hit them with cast iron skillet. That was I'm just happened. saying that's where she came from. Yeah. So that's what she knew. But that's she, what she was knew. loving towards them, you know, and very loving. So she had this birthday party. The day of the birthday party, her mother died. Don't her mother get her even in death? Even in freaking death. And the kids is all over. They didn't ate the cake. They happy and perfect happy. And her mother and her sisters come over to tell her that their mother died. And that she Emma should come G to the said, my favorite part. She said, I ain't cuss nobody out real good. <laughs> and I, she been cussing people out the whole damn book. She said, well, I ain't cuss nobody out, like really cuss them out. But if you ask me to come to this funeral, you gonna get it. I was like. But she was like, right with what she said, but I think she clicked out. You know how you black out? She blacked out and forgot she was at this girl party that she been dreaming of this girl's whole life. I think that happened to her throughout the book. I think she the same thing happened when she had the baby. She was triggered or whatever the case may be. And she had a moment of insanity, I guess you would say. And I think she would have those moments. Like if you get hit with a cast iron skillet at eight, you probably gonna have them moments. <laughs> I'm just I can't saying. say I ain't never been hit with a cast That's iron skillet. That's what I'm skillet, saying. So. 
So she was cussing them out. So the sisters came to tell her that the mother had passed. She was still mad at her mama. I don't blame her. And she was like going off, which basically this ruins the party. Them arguing back and forth. And her, about come her, on, she was like, mama, like, why are you doing like, mama, what about my party? About and my then party. all of the kids got uncomfortable. So the kids started saying, I got to get home for my chores. And then she was like, wait a minute. No, y'all stay. Y'all, we still got to play games. They was like, no, nah, we good on that. I they didn't watch her cuss them people. Let me call home. my mama because there's some stuff going down. <laughs> it was like, we got to go. We got to go. I got to go eat dinner. I got to go fix my bike. My wheels were rolling off. So that's what happened at the party. Now, this is when life starts to get real because shortly after this, because now um, Perfect is out in the world. She got friends. She's talking to her friends because she don't go to school or nothing like that. She's talking to her friends. So Perfect is being exposed to things. And Emma Jean did tell no, not, um. Eva May told her that you're going to be getting your period soon. Carolyn did, whatever that other Okay, oh, And so when she told her mother, her mother was just like, it's it's happening. That's it's, what it, I'm saying. Like, she's being exposed to things. And Emma Jean is like, it's only a matter of time before I have to tell every. That's what I'm saying. Did she know she was going to have to tell everybody at some point? Or in her head, did she think she could just keep this going Something on? Click to let her know it was time to tell. It, it was time to tell. But when she did this, y'all, we're just gonna go ahead and get to it. Oh, my, now this was traumatizing. Okay, this, my chest hurt just thinking about it right now. This was the worst thing I have ever read in my life, and I done read some gruesome stuff. People getting shot, people getting killed, the heads blown off. All that. This was one of the worst things I have ever read in my life. Patrice, you're going to tell them what you want me to tell. She, she, she took perfect. Wait, so Imogene starts to get paranoid. She's like, somebody knows. Oh, she thinking somebody know that perfect is real. And she was um, right. Like, it was getting ready started, to come out. She was, um, you know, she started, you know, getting paranoid. So she was like, I got to tell. She was like, I want to, and this was another thing that let me know that she loved her, but she was just a little off. She was like, I got to tell her before somebody else. Somebody else do. Because if somebody else tell her, she going to hate me. I'm like, right. oh, she going to hate you regardless. She, she had a mama. This, she she took was like, this I got to tell her. Go ahead. She took this baby and everybody is there. And in her mind, it just clicked. She get up and she said, I got to tell her now. She drags her and she said, come on, perfect. And so they all in the house and they looking like, what's going on? She dragged her out and she took her into the woods. Mm -mm, this was in the house, wasn't it? No, in no, she didn't tell her in the house. She took her out to the woods. She took her out to the woods. Mm -hmm. And she told her that she, you know, she told her that that you are a boy. And she was, and Perfect was like, I, I don't know what you mean, mama. She was like, what are you talking about? She confused because she ate and who wouldn't? Like, I don't, I, I don't know. And she was, and so she told her, she said, you use a boy and she was rough in her delivery. And so what Emma Jean ends up doing is to show her that she was a, a boy. She said, she took down her, she pulled up her dress and took, put down her panties and said, this is what girls She didn't had. pull her panties down. Okay. So she told this baby, she said, you a boy. Okay. Boy. She said, put these overalls on and cut this baby hair at eight years no, old. No, but she showed her her vagina. She, she showed her. She showed and she her said, her this panties. is what, 
Oh, this she said, okay, so she said, like. this is what she didn't a girl pulled her pants down. She just showed her her panties. She pulled her dress up and showed her panties. But it was just so rough. It was not delicate at all. It wasn't like she didn't ease her into it. It was just like, you a boy, put these overalls on, and she cut her hair down like a boy. She and she, brought her some, she brought her some draws. She brought her some boy draws. And, and Perfect was like, remember, in her mind, she's thinking this through. She was like, they felt rough on her. She made her change into the boy underwear. She put her in overalls. And then she now brought her back. this is where my feelings towards um, Imogen. This is where they, you know, I was rocking with Imogen in the beginning. This is where my feelings, when she started, when she messed Perfect up like this, this was when I was the Perfect like, is just like, up. mama, I don't understand. And she was like, look, you's a boy. You's a boy. You know, like she hollering at her. And then she took the rusty scissors that was not sharp and cut her hair. So the hair every which way. And she told her, because I put it in our chat, she told her that it's, I had to do this so that you wouldn't hate me. And Perfect is like, wait a minute, what? And then she said, um, this don't have to be hard unless you make it hard. So then if that wasn't enough, okay? If that wasn't enough, she takes this baby into the living room with her father and all her brothers okay they thought somebody jumped on the on the girl and said look she just took the baby in there and said she a boy she not really a girl hold on now gus like what did this with no vaseline y'all know i say no vaseline imogene did this with no vaseline she just took the baby in there and said, she a boy. And everybody is like, what is going on? What are you talking about? She was like, she is a boy. He a boy. Now, he a boy. And then she explained what she did, how she did it. And Gus almost choked her ass. Oh, Gus was like, oh, hell well, no. The first thing Gus did was smack fire from her. But, 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 but wait, the saddest part, the saddest part of this entire book, and Emma G, so, so, they they all standing around and perfect is looking down and just dejected because he ate she the the child is eight and don't understand gus said i don't believe you you're gonna have to show me emma jean said man don't do this right here don't take her in the back room he was like no you're gonna show me right damn now like this this is my daughter this this is my daughter i got a daughter and he said, you, she, he, she said, you never even wanted a daughter. He said, I didn't want a daughter till I got one. I didn't want one till I got one. I right felt now, so bad for him. Imogene, I felt so bad for him. He, he, he smacked fire out of Imogene. He said, show me right now. And perfect, or the, the child took the overalls down and pulled the panties down and had a penis. And Gus liked the thing that all of them just looked and and you got to consider the child perfect just don't know and like and, and right and back then i don't think they was equipped enough to even know how to try to explain um, handle it because they were all dealing with their own like all of them had all of them felt the way themselves and so it was too much for them to know how to comfort only person who kind of wanted to comfort Paul in it or perfect in it was Emma Jean, but Gus was so mad at her. 
he ended up he so so he had already smacked her once he went up to her and he they said he smacked her like three four times and then was choking her choking Imogene and so Arthur Lee like like they was like at first he was like daddy and he looked at him he was like okay he backed up and Arthur Lee was kind of glad that he was checking her but at the point it was like he was gonna kill her like he was choking her and so they had to pull their dad off of their mother and she was just messed up and she you know she was crying or whatever and I think Gus told her go to go to room or whatever and she haven't even read the book girl it was devastating and Gus and Gus took the reins of the family because Emma Jean was kind of like a forceful woman and she had the reins but Gus took the reins and he was like eventually he brought all of them. He said, I need everybody in here. Imogene didn't come out. He said, Imogene, get your ass out here. I said, I want to talk to the whole family. The whole family, we getting ready to talk. So he brings them in and he said, "Um, y'all got a brother? The name Perfect, don't ever say that shit in my house ever again. We're not going to call this baby Perfect. Imogene, I bet not ever see you, hear you say Perfect again. And he said, from this day forward, he's going to be Paul. And, and he said, y'all going to accept it. He said, no. And, and, and this he, is when the abuse really began for Perfect. Yeah. Now, it was already abuse. But he was like, you a boy now? You going to be a boy now? This baby just spent the first eight years of her life as a Up girl. until 10 minutes ago, you he was a boy. You going to be a boy now? You going to act like a boy? I ain't gonna have no sissies in my house. And it's like, wait a minute. We it's just like, this Perfect don't even know what a sissy ago. is. Perfect don't even know what a sissy is. Right. I'm like, hold on, give her some time. Give her some time to process. They it. said your that bedroom in like, there that you sleep in. They was like Arthur Lee and Mr. That's y'all room. The rest of y'all perfect. You sleep out here on the uh, on the floor. With the rest of the boys. With the rest of the boys. So that's where I felt like, that's where I was like mad. Like I wasn't really super mad at Emma Jean in the beginning. I could understand. I ain't gonna say I could understand, but I knew she had went a little crazy. But this is where I was like, oh, hell no. They not finna do perfect like this. So now I love they family Bible. And I think we need I to did. bring that back as a people. But yes. He scratched her name out the family Bible and put Paul in there. So now perfect is now Paul. And that's where we're going to stop. So we will talk about next week. Now, this little girl who has been living her life as a girl has now got to transition into being a boy. And when I say like the, uh, the second, the first half of this book was messed up. Like it was like, oh my God, Emma Jane. But the second half where she Paul, it gets very ugly. And it well, is it, this is devastating. Paul. He is Paul. And you know what? It just like tripped me out because the book went from her, 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 her to him. To him. And it was just this. But quick. but you know what? I understood it though. And not to give a lot away about next week, but the the brothers you know it looked like it was abuse from the family but they knew like Arthur Lee knew like we got to get him her caught up to speed quick because what's gonna happen in this house is nowhere near what's getting what's ready to happen in these that. streets and Emma Jean thinking no she gonna be fine or he gonna be fine they was like no nah. 
because um, Bartimaeus knew it. Bartimaeus knew that if somebody finds out that you have a penis, they will hurt you. Bartimaeus knew that and was blind before it all came out. They will hurt you. And all of them realized that, but Imogene. So now we got to go through the fallout and everything that happened in the second half. And it is, and then the second half of the book goes into like um, the other sons and kind of like their lives and what they went through. We got a polyamorous relationship in this second half, which was funny as hell. <laughs> um, so it got, kind of talks about the brothers and then um, Paul, now perfect life as a hey 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 uh, perfect life as um a little boy and that's where we'll pick up with next week emma jean yeah, is, yeah we're um, gonna start next week with when they go to church as a family right emma jean gonna get hers i guess you could say i have a she lot keep to say about keep that you know what happens with her um somebody said the narrator is excellent okay the narrator um, was good but yes yeah, so that's what we gonna stop at from perfect turn it <laughs> i do i'll be cracking up girl so we're gonna talk about that and we'll talk to y'all next week do we have anything else um you want to do a couple giveaways and so you tell them what, tell them the what to do but tell oh them what okay to do. so we doing tumblr giveaways if you wasn't here when we first started we're gonna give away two tumblers tonight because the black girl book club podcast now has over a thousand facebook group members Woo! okay so the way that you get the tumblr is if you're new to the group if you just joined um drop a note let us know that you're new let us know how you found out about us and let us know um uh, what you like about us so far and it don't have to be nothing long or nothing like that um, and then if you are a vet member, if you've been in the group, welcome the new members and let them know what, why they are like the podcast or what they like about the podcast. We are going to put everybody who participates, who says something, their name is going to go into a drawing and we're going to pick two winners. And we'll do that by, we'll do that no later. We'll probably announce the winners um, Thursday or Friday. We actually can probably announce it um, Tuesday next week. Oh, okay. Coolness. That's, 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 yeah. that's good. We can announce it next week on a podcast. Who won? Before we, before we start the rest of the discussion of, of this perfect piece. Girl, we going to be at 1,500 uh, members. We growing like a couple hundred people every week. So we probably going to be at 1,500 members next week. I was yeah, telling we, we you. Hit 14K we hit. I mean, we hit 1.4K today. Yeah, I was telling Patrice, we got to hurry up and celebrate the one, um, the 1,000 because we're going to be at 2,000 before we get a chance to celebrate. So we'll have a Zoom party when we get to 1,500, like Rhonda said. But we appreciate you guys. We appreciate your support. Um, The group is growing so fast. So welcome to anybody who is new. And we thank y'all for people who've been rocking with us from the very beginning, sharing, sharing the podcast with people, sharing our posts and stuff like that. We appreciate you guys so, 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 so much. And, and we so, just thank you for, a let, for allowing us to share with you what we love because we love reading books and to be able to talk to y'all about it each week and y'all come and y'all show up for us and y'all listen to our opinions. 
um, that's really dope. And we, we appreciate it and we love y'all and we are glad that you are here. Yes. So we'll talk to y'all next week. We're going to finish your perfect piece. Part two It's going to be just as good. It's even, it's a lot more drama in part two. Yeah. Yeah. Have and I can't it. take another week next week. It got to be it for perfect peace. Oh uh, yeah. We're going to get done next week, but oh, thank no, you we'll for joining us tonight. We appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. It's the black girl book club black podcast. podcast. <laughs> black girl book club podcast. Hey. hey. <laughs>